Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so, so, so excited to be joined by my favorite Jim. Sorry, Garoppolo, but I have Jim Trotter on from NFL. He's only saying that because I'm in front of her right now, Jim. Don't worry about it. Well, yeah, if he was here, I would have no choice but to say I'm joined by my favorite Jim. Sorry, Trotter. <laughs> That's how this went See? See? The truth comes out. But you're still, you really probably are my favorite Jim. Don't tell. <laughs> we'll keep it. Pro- See, probably doesn't work. Oh, God, I also forgot about Jim Harbaugh. I'm here with one of my three favorite gyms. Wow. <laughs> well, he's the coach wow. of Michigan. They had such a magical season. I'm not going to talk about how it ended. I'm going to oh. be nice, nice no. to the host. You know what? That was one of those situations where I was like, this is so, like, no one expected them to get there. And by no one, I definitely mean me. Like, I just wanted them to beat Ohio State. They could have lost every other game in the season. So it's just each, the fact they were even there, so exciting. Also, that Georgia team, they look like a professional football team. Like they may be able to be, may have been able to beat the Jets last year. So, like, you can't be that okay, not really. I know that's not true. <laughs> but but I couldn't be that upset about it. So you can bring up how it ended because it's just and also when you get blown out like that, it's like, okay, now you just it's fine. It's when you lose the heartbreakers at that point. By the first quarter, I was like, Yeah, this isn't this isn't gonna end right. <laughs> You know why I was so happy that he said he's coming back to Michigan this this coming season? Is after they beat Ohio State and the way that he and some of the Wolverines acted, it's like, I need to see the rematch next year. Mm -hmm. So privately, I was like, don't go to the NFL. Don't go to the NFL. Because that game is going to be so hype Mm -hmm. next year that... I mean, as sports writers, as sports fans, that's what you look for, right? Those kind mm-hmm. of rivalry games where there truly is no love lost. Mm-hmm. And one team talked a bunch of stuff the year before, and now they got to own it the next year, you know? So true. But I'm Ohio looking forward State, to that game. Oh, Ohio State had been talking a bunch of stuff, and we are not cussing on this podcast, so we are being very um, adult about this. But they talked a bunch of stuff, and so... Really, I forgot I'm talking to a Michigan. You yeah, know. I mean, I did go to Michigan. So like, basically, there's uh, nothing you could say that I won't <laughs> have some sort of response and defense for. And it's a big day for the Michigan Wolverines because they won the first game of March Madness, their first game. Um, no, I, I, I actually, I really like Michigan. I'll tell you a true story about University <laughs> of Michigan. So, my first job out of college was at a small paper called the Muskegon Chronicles, right along right. Lake Michigan. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was a lowly high school writer and whatnot. And every now and then the sports editor would throw us a bone. And by a bone, he would send us either to a professional game down in Detroit or to a Michigan game. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a kid from the local area. His name was, um, oh, what was his name? Mike, Mike Keith. Was it Kiefer? I think it was Kiefer. But anyway, he was a def- ended up being a defensive lineman for the Wolverines. Okay. So they told me go down and and do a feature story on Mike. And they were in Michigan was playing at the University of Illinois. So I'm like, okay. And so Michigan wins the game. I've never been to a Division I college stadium before in my life, having attended Howard University. And so I didn't know all the protocols about where to go and what to do after the game. 
Mm-hmm. So I make my way down thinking I'm going to the press conference room. And I literally walked into the Michigan locker room in a back door as they are doing Hail to the Victor's Valiant. And it it was at once exhilarating and at once um, terrifying because, you know, one of those situations where, you know, you're just not supposed to be there. But yet it was so cool to see that take place. Um, so that's my one Michigan story. That's an incredible Michigan story. And so now I've decided that since you had that experience, you love the Michigan Wolverines. I do. I I don't have any problem with Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, That makes me happy. Well, next up, they have the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, And I said to Jim offline, now that they've they've won today and give me that little bit of hope, Michigan all the way, baby. Let's go. (laughs) 2022 NCAA champs. First thing. That's how it should be. I mean, that's how you should feel about your 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 school, because let me tell you, if the Howard men's team were in, mm-hmm. I'd be telling you right now we're going to win it all. And it the women won an NCAA game tournament game for the first time in the school's history yesterday. So I am like, we are going all the way, baby. All the way. I am all in then on Howard women's basketball for the tournament I love it. and Michigan men's basketball for the tournament. And like, all the way. It's so funny because I'm not a Wii fan, even like the Dodgers who I love so much. Like I'm not a Wii fan, but with Michigan, I feel like I get to be a Wii fan because I attended the university and paid What is them. a Wii fan? Like people who are like, oh, we didn't draft who I wanted or oh, okay. we, and, and that's, I don't, I don't like judge it. It's just like not, it's not me. And I don't know if that's because of being a reporter, but um I always feel like, well, it's not we. I don't work for the team, but with Michigan, I feel like I have contributed because I went to school there and I paid tuition and everything. And they gave me a diploma. I feel like it's a we. I didn't play sports there, which is better for everyone involved. But I did. I did attend the university. I wrote for the Michigan Daily. So it's a it's a we. That's what I'm going with on that. How did a California girl get to Michigan? Well, my older brother went there. And at the time, I thought I'd never live anywhere but L.A. And I went to visit him for the weekend. And I was like, this is the coolest place in the entire world. And I went to a football game and I was like, this is what I want. It's like the quintessential college town. It was just amazing. There were seasons. It was like, this is amazing. So that's how And actually it's funny. I was going to apply early admissions to Penn. And at that time, I don't know if this is still the case. When you apply early admissions, if you get in, you have to go. And uh, when I, not that that's a bad thing, but when I got back from visiting my brother, I said to my college admissions director, I said, um, or my advisor, I said, I really, I wish I wasn't applying early admissions to Penn because I really want to go to Michigan. And she was like, well, the good news is you haven't actually applied to Penn yet. So you don't have to worry about it. Good point. So I applied to Michigan. It was rolling admissions. I was into school by October 8th. And that was it. I didn't have to think about it again the rest of the year. It so, is Ann Arbor is a cool town. It is. It's really fun. It's yeah. it's just such a great city. So um I really enjoy the Michigan love that we've had here on this podcast. And as far as I'm concerned, we don't really need to talk about anything else. Hey, we're done. What, that well, was quick. No. That I'm, was great. Well, thanks for joining my favorite of three gyms. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but I can't really let you go because right before we started recording, huge trade, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders feel like Aaron Rodgers is not that happy about this development, but who knows? It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, 
Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online where the game starts. I don't think that it takes much of a stretch to think that Aaron Rodgers is not happy about this, um, <laughs> especially when he just locked himself in for at least a couple more years. Uh, this is this is this is huge for the Raiders from the standpoint. Look, we all knew and we all said one of the areas that they were really deficient in was wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And you lose Zay Jones. Last year, you lose Henry Ruggs. You know, um, they needed something. And they didn't have that guy who could take the top off. They didn't have that big playability. And now to go out and get arguably the best wide receiver in football and someone with whom the quarterback has a relationship, Mm -hmm. not only personally, but athletically, it's a big deal. So for the Raiders, who I had been sitting back saying right now, Man, I get this whole thing about not jumping into free agency in the first wave, and and I'm actually okay with it. But when I look at all the holes they have, particularly in comparison to the additions that other division clubs have made, they are farther, a lot farther behind right now than they were at the end of last season. So this is this is a tremendous um, deal for them. The AFC West has just like become in the last few days perhaps the toughest division in football. I mean, you've arguably you don't have the four best quarterbacks in the league, but I think the division boasts the strongest quarterback core. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. You know, I would say the only, this is just my opinion, but the only other division at this point, as we sit here today, that has the potential to make that argument would be the AFC North. When mm-hmm. I look at the moves that the Steelers have made and I look at the fact that the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year, knowing that every year Baltimore, you know, it's right there in the mix of things. And we know Cleveland has a lot of talent. We'll see what happens with their quarterback situation. We're going to um, talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, but but no, I think without question, the AFC West is hands down um, the toughest division and, and the most balanced position in terms of all of these teams. You could make a case for all of them. I would say that three of them right now, in my opinion, are teams that could go deep in the playoffs. And then again, if the Raiders continue to make moves, maybe they're one of those clubs too. But um, no, the AFC West is going to be like must-see TV. And so Mm -hmm. I could see, you know, when games are flexed late in the year, you'll see a lot of AFC West clubs. And the fact that they save, the league saves so many of these division games for after Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. is going to be fabulous coming down the stretch. I'm so excited to see Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on the same defensive. I mean, that is just going to be crazy. I mean, the Chargers at this point have no excuse. If they charger this year, then they should just close up Sean and be like, we're going to move on. Because this, they have like such an incredible quarterback. They have weapons. They have, and their defense. I mean, you have Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. And that's just to name a few of them. Asante Samuel in the slot. It's oh, going to yes. be tremendous. Um, be, he'll be in his second year. And there's a part of me that is holding out, hope isn't the right word, um, but would love to see 
then add Bobby Wagner in the middle of that defense mm. because Bobby is still on the, on the market. Mm-hmm. He has made a lot of money. He is all about legacy and championships. And this team right now is built for that. And they have a need there, in my opinion. You know, one of the things the Chargers wanted to do this offseason and they're going to continue to do was to transition the defense from what Gus Bradley ran to what Brandon Staley likes to run. And that means they had to get some big hogs up front Mm -hmm. who could stop the run. And and that is a priority for them this offseason. Well, if they do that, and they're able to keep that middle linebacker clean. Bobby Wagner, if nothing else we know, is a tackling machine. Mm-hmm. So if you have him in the middle, and then you have Khalil and Joey on the outside as your edge rushers, and then you've got a secondary that includes J.C. Jackson now, Asante yes, Samuel I'm not Jr. J.C. Jackson. Yes, Asante <laughs> Samuel Jr. and Derwin James. I mean, come on. What's not to like? That is... Oof, it's just, it's funny because the 49ers finally got Russell Wilson out of their division. They have Bobby Wagner out of their division, except this is the year that the NFC West plays the AFC West. So it is just going to be, it's just going to be crazy. But oh my God, I totally forgot about JC Jackson. That feels like a million years ago. Like Monday feels like so long ago at this point, like so much has happened um, that I completely forgot about that. Oh, they are going to be so tough. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch them and I'm excited to get to see them live because they will play San Francisco. So that's going to be crazy. All right. We mentioned uh, the Cleveland Browns um, and the quarterback situation. Uh, we have a bit of a, a bit of an issue in Cleveland, a little bit of drama. Uh, the Browns were interested in Deshaun Watson. Apparently they are out on that. Baker Mayfield took that very personally and got very upset and went onto social media and gave a little swan song now he wants to be traded. The Browns are like, you're not going to be traded. Maybe the Browns could have handled this better. I don't know the ins and outs of it. And I don't think anybody does, but I think that Baker is acting a little bit like, dare I say, a petulant child. Uh, he's acting like a punk. That's what he's <laughs> acting like. Even better. Um, look, you, you know, when we say the Browns maybe could have handled it better, I, I don't see how they could have. They informed okay. him from the very beginning that if there was an opportunity, to get a quarterback, a top-tier quarterback established, that they would look into that. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. Baker needs to get out of his feelings. Um, you know, look, and, I, and I'm going to be upfront with it. I have never been a Baker fan from a character standpoint since prior to the draft when I saw that video of him with his girlfriend being stopped by the police or whoever it was, and then him trying to run away and leave her there. To me, that just spoke to the character of a man in that situation that you're going to try and run away and leave this woman there. So I have never been a fan of his from a character standpoint. And to me, um, what he's doing now, he says that he plays best when there's a chip on his shoulder. Well, what bigger chip could there be than your organization saying, number one, we're not going to extend you, Mm -hmm. which means you you don't have to be a translator to understand what that means. It means they don't fully believe in you that you're their long-term future. But then two, When they let you know that, instead of you saying, you know what, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove me right. Mm -hmm. And then I may not have all the cards at the end of the year where you may have the franchise tag or whatever, but I'm going to Kirk Cousins you to death. I'm not going to give you a break on anything. What better payback for a player is there than that? But then to say, I want to be traded, dude, get over yourself. 
first of all, go do something before you think you have the clout to go out and dictate terms of, of your employment. I'm just, I'm so Baker Mayfield out. I've never seen a guy who's done so little demand so much. You make a really good point. And going back to what you're saying about the video that you saw in college, it also shows a pattern of not taking responsibility. Like, why do you think they want a better quarterback, Baker? Whose fault is that? How have you been playing? Have you done anything for the, to make this organization believe in you, to your point, Jim? So I totally agree with you. I think this whole thing is ridiculous and it's creating drama where there doesn't need to be drama. And I also just don't, I don't have time for drama. And I think the social media thing, and I know like, Social media talking about that is not your most favorite, but I just think it's ridiculous for him. They're they're interested in Deshaun Watson. He's going to go write a goodbye. I mean, come on. And it's like you look at quarterbacks like the previously mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. You look at Alex Smith, who actually would have a bigger bone to pick with organizations and have it and have behaved like adults and kind of people you would want on your team. So then, if I'm a team who's looking at Baker Mayfield. Not that they're going to trade him, but let's just pretend hypothetically. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I'd rather have the guy that is team first and not Baker first. So, if he, no, no question about it. And here's the thing if he goes out and does not give his all this year mm-hmm. and does not play well because he's upset with the club or whatever, what does he think that's going to do to his value, his market value? next offseason he's just put himself into a really tough spot with the way that he's acting right now because if he plays well the team can still decide you know what we're not going to do a long-term deal we're going to franchise you and he's not going to like that even though financially it could be in his best interest as i said look at what what kirk cousins did mm-hmm. or um He'll play poorly and nobody's gonna, going to be that interested in him as a starter, particularly with the drama that we've seen this year. So, you know, look, I don't know what his representatives are telling him. My hope is that they're telling him, Baker, shut up and go play football. But, you know, there are some people who always think they have the answers and that they know more than everyone else. My sense is Baker Mayfield is one of those guys. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I mean, he's proving it time and and time again and you're right if he doesn't play well this year it looks really bad it looks really really bad because either he looks like he's not trying to play well or he's just a distraction a mediocre mediocre quarterback who thinks very highly of himself and thinks he always knows better so be interesting to see how that plays out i have a feeling that news cycle becomes much less important as soon as a decision is made on deshaun or as soon as deshaun watson makes a decision at the time we're recording this. The rumors are Atlanta and Carolina are the front runners, but of course he has not made a decision yet. Uh, it will take him making a decision for all these other quarterback pieces to come into play, um, including Jimmy Garoppolo, who has now been mentioned multiple times on this podcast and not even about being traded yet. We just keep bringing him up. <laughs> um, but at some point he will be traded in theory, uh, but he will be at some point he will be traded by San Francisco. They did some restructuring yesterday to get cap compliant, making a, a trade. It didn't have to be as imminent as it felt like it needed to be um, first thing in the morning on Wednesday. We don't know where he's going to go. Uh, you and I had actually talked earlier a little bit about, and I thought it was really interesting, so I wanted to bring it up. You know, a lot of us felt like Pittsburgh was a really good fit for him, and you never, you did not feel that way. And I'd love for you to talk about that because once you said it, I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense, but I, I don't know that people actually have thought that through. Well, it, it's more so it, it's that, what you have to do is look at the situation objectively. And we know at the end of last season, 
Mike Tomlin said he wanted to bring in a quarterback who was mobile, Mm -hmm. that seeing where the league is going in terms of these dual threat quarterbacks, he wanted that skill set in his next quarterback. Well, by no means is Jimmy Peyton Manning in the pocket, but um, nor is he, you know, as mobile as Mitchell Trubisky, who, who the Steelers ultimately signed. The other thing is the Steelers at some point, um, if you look at their offense last year, I think the statistic was they ranked, um, they had the fewest air yards on pass attempts or completions last year, which means they were throwing the ball short an awful lot, right? So if you bring in Jimmy, the one thing we know about Jimmy, if you watched him is he does not have the arm talent to consistently throw outside the numbers. Mm -hmm. And there were more than a few times, even in the playoffs last year, where he tried to throw outside the numbers and you're sitting up in the press box. And once you saw the ball released, you're like, oh no. no. And the 49ers caught a break where either it was broken up or it wasn't intercepted, but it easily should have been an interception. So they would have been getting more of that, the same thing that they were getting from Ben Roethlisberger in his final year. They likely would have been getting from Jimmy. So it wasn't a good match as I looked at it from the outside. And I know everyone kept bringing it up. But to me, that's not the direction that Mike Tomlin um, had publicly stated that he wanted to go. So if you took him at his word, you could make the case that Jimmy was not the guy. This is speculation. And I know you don't love speculation. And we don't know because it really all depends on Deshaun. But in a dream scenario, all things being available, where do you think the perfect place for Jimmy Garoppolo to go would be? Oh, I think the among the teams that are still looking for quarterbacks, mm-hmm. it's obvious that the best place for him is Indianapolis mm-hmm. from the standpoint that, that they have an outstanding running game. They have an outstanding defense. Their offensive line is good. Um, um, and so what you want then is a quarterback who can get the ball out in rhythm, on time, and who is not going to make a lot of mistakes. And I think that that Jimmy could be that guy. So um, ideally, you know, if you want him to land in a place where he can be successful, that would seem to be it at this point um, from my vantage point. So um, will that happen? We just have to wait and see what happens ultimately with Deshaun Watson to see how these dominoes are going to fall. Um, Jimmy would not be my first pick. If we're talking, for instance, Jimmy or Matt Ryan, right? If I'm the Colts, I prefer to have Matt Ryan there. If if Deshaun were to go to Atlanta, now Matt Ryan is on the trade block and amenable to being moved. Mm-hmm. So again, it, it, we could just go down this rabbit hole, you know, of all the different scenarios. But I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Jimmy in, in Indianapolis would be a good fit. I agree with you. I'm going to check. But again, I'm sorry. But the problem there again is. Frank Reich said he wants his quarterback to be there for the start of offseason workouts, mm-hmm. you know, or when they get on the field, many camps, those sorts of things. He wants the quarterback there. Well, we know Jimmy's not going to start throwing or be throwing until what, July? Yeah, end of June, July. July. Mm-hmm. So if you if you take Frank at his word, Jimmy wouldn't seem to be the right fit for that. Yeah, it all depends on Deshaun. I just checked Twitter real quick to see if we had any Deshaun news. Um, I had turned my phone off earlier to work out and I, for, and for 45 minutes to work out and watch the rest of the Michigan game. And I was like, the, the Deshaun news will definitely come 
about like two minutes into my workout and I won't know about it for 45 minutes. But uh, it, that was not the case. It was kind of, I thought it was like the thing, you know, sometimes you go to dinner and it's taking a while and you get up to make a call or use the restroom and then you come back, your food is always there. I thought it was going to be a similar situation, but no. So therefore we're, just, we're still speculating, but that is the biggest domino of all. And because when you and I were talking earlier, you said, you know, Deshaun Watson's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, not just top five available. And so you don't blame teams for just waiting to see where he wants to go. And then it, it goes from there. It's been interesting, this trade market for Jimmy and the 49ers. I don't know that they thought it was going to be this difficult, but so many things have happened that were out of their control, uh, but they'll trade them. It'll happen. It's just taking a little longer, I think, than everybody thought. Yeah, it, it didn't help that, that he had surgery to his throwing shoulder. No, definitely not. Yeah, so I mean, it complicated things a little bit, but ultimately, yes, he will be moved. Um, there is a dearth of quarterbacks in this league, capable quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And he is a guy who has gone to two NFC championship games, one Super Bowl, and including the playoffs. Um, if you believe in the team win percentage as a quarterback statistics is one, you know, what roughly 70% of his starts. So, um, that's attractive to teams that, that are looking for quarterbacks and, he, at some point he will be moved, but the 49ers are not in a panic situation about, you know, we've got to do it now. So we'll just have to wait and see. It's interesting with Jimmy. He's such an oddly, such a polarizing person. Well, a polarizing player, like person. He's so, it, it wouldn't seem personality wise that, that he should be, but it's funny when you talk about the win percentage, people love to blame him for losses, but will not credit him for wins. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's, but that's the nature of fandom, right? That's true. That is very yeah, that's, that's not surprising at all. You know, quarterbacks get too much credit and they also get too much blame. It's it comes with a job. It's why they, they are paid the big bucks. Mm -hmm. Why they're the face of the franchise, all those all that comes with it. So and Jimmy knows that and quarterbacks become hardened by that very quickly, unless they're Baker Mayfield, who thinks it's never his fault. So <laughs> this is the anti Baker Mayfield podcast. <laughs> And I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm like so over everything with him today. I'm just telling you, if I were a GM, Baker Mayfield couldn't play for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Clearly. And uh, if, if you ever become a GM, I think we know who's not going to be your quarterback. I cannot imagine you on a podium with the jersey smiling next to Mr. Mayfield. Um, would not have as Mike Singletary would say, can't have him, can't win with him, can't have him, whatever that thing was. <laughs> yeah, whatever, yes. Can't, can't have him. Just no thanks. Hard yeah. pass. Hard, hard pass. Well, we have to see where the Deshaun Dominoes fall. That really is going to answer every other question. Uh, but what a free agency it's been. Like that Russell Wilson trade feels like it happened in 2017 at this point. I mean, it has been quite a 10 days. It's been uh, one of the things that has made this so amazing is that you don't traditionally see franchise quarterbacks being moved, mm -hmm. you know, um, especially when they're still in their prime. And I know that we we saw the start of that, if you will, last year with Matthew Stafford and, and the Rams giving up Jared Goff, a former number one overall pick. But, you know, the thing this year was, number one, you have the drama of Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Mm -hmm. Then, you know, the Russell deal comes down and it was always, you know, them telling us at the combine, we are not trading Russell, you know, and then all of a sudden he's traded. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have the Sean Watson situation out there where you have a young quarterback mm 
in his 20s, who's undoubtedly one of the top five quarterbacks in this league, period. Mm -hmm. And you know that he's on the market and is likely to be moved this year. It just you don't normally see all that sort of drama surrounding top quarterbacks all in one year. And so um, so that's fascinating. And then you add in, you know, names like Khalil Mack and whatnot in Los Angeles, you know, in the same stadium where the Rams won the Super Bowl last year. And you have this this competing, you know, these competing factions of the Rams and the Chargers both trying to win that L.A. market and that fan base and whatnot. And I am totally convinced that some of the moves that the Chargers have made are not just football driven, but are also motivated. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. By the fact of trying to hold their own in that Los Angeles market. And if that's the case, I wouldn't care if I'm a Charger fan. Long as you start keep putting, you know, top line guys out there, I'm good with it. I don't care what your motivation is. Mm -hmm. But I do believe the Rams winning that Super Bowl last year may have opened up the, the, the pocketbook a little deeper um, for the Chargers this offseason. Well, it is Hollywood. And, you know, the most star power and flashiest storylines tend to win. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And L.A. is a tough market for football. L.A. loves their Dodgers. Freddie Freeman. Just thought I'd bring that up real quick in case you guys thought I forgot. Um, and they love their Lakers. You know, even when they're struggling, as they are, it's a tough football market. But L.A. also loves the it thing and the place to be and the flashiest stars. So I'm sure that you're right. And it just occurred to me that so much has happened. We didn't even discuss the fact that Tom Brady unretired. Oh, <laughs> it's like whatever. Yeah. I mean, hey, he's, he's still one of the best at what he does. And, mm -hmm. you know, you look at the numbers from last year, the thing is though, like he said, you know, I believe the quote he said was something to the extent of, he loves the game so much. He just wants to continue to play, even if they're not winning a championship, which to hear that come from Tom Brady is really kind of jarring because everything about him has always been competing for a championship. And I don't believe me personally, I don't believe that the Bucks are going to compete for a championship this year. So, um, but yeah, Tom is the least interesting story of everything yeah. that's been going on. It was like, oh, well, that's cool. Anyway, <laughs> did y'all hear about most of us expect <laughs> Most of us expected that he was going to come back anyway, so. That's true. That's true. It was not the most shocking. And he didn't get to announce his retirement news how he wanted to. And I wouldn't, and I say this honestly with love and admiration, because, you know, he went to Michigan. Um, but I wouldn't blame him if he's playing another year just because of that out of spite. <laughs> I wouldn't blame him for a second. Yeah, but I, I don't know that that matters because no. it's going to be the same thing next year. So totally. folks are going to be story. on the Tom Brady watch. So um, just like if the Packers don't win this year, people are going to be on the Aaron Rodgers watch next year. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy, to be on the fly on the wall in Aaron Rodgers' house when that news broke. Just turn on the Pat McAfee show, right? Yeah. So I guess you don't even have to be a fly on the wall. You turn on the Pat McAfee show and you could. But it had been great if there was a live well, I'm sure we'll hear all about it. We won't We won't miss his reaction. Jim, thank you for joining me. This was super fun, as always. Uh, you are just the best. And you're still my favorite, Jim. Don't tell the others. We'll keep that. Uh, we, we have that on tape now. So I'm, I'm going to use that the next time I see Jim Harbaugh or Jimmy Garoppolo, I am going to say to them, you know, <laughs> Tracy's favorite, Jim. It's all right.
I'll tell them I didn't mean it. I was underdressed. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. No, you are. You are my, you really are my most favorite, Jim. You're also the only one of the three of them has come on the podcast, not once, but twice. All you got to do is ask. Jim, right. either of them will come on. That's true. Who turns down Tracy Sandler? You know what? I appreciate that. Thank you. I don't think anything can get better with that. With that, we are closing this podcast. You guys, thank you for joining us, Jim. Thank you for joining. If you guys like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online, And with that, Deshaun Watch continues. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.